There? All right, guys. I hope you all have had a, had a good fourth. Aren't y'all thankful we got uh, fireworks legal in Georgia now? It is great. It is great. I was uh, telling Scott and Paxton how my son made a decision to throw a bundle of bottle rockets in the fire. Oh, he makes such good decisions. <laughs> All right. Love powered parenting. We're going to pick right up where I left off a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you got your outlines uh, in your laps or somewhere, your Bible, you know the word's important. The word's important. And I've come to find out that a lot of times, more time, more often, I find out how important the word is when I don't get into it. That's why we're going to be in the word every Sunday. We're not here for entertainment. We're here for the word. How do I love like Jesus? Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people who are like these children. I love the next verse on your outline. It says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will what? Prove to the world that you're my disciples. Well, that's hard to, to do and say sometimes to love like Jesus. How do I love like Jesus? We went over the first two. Uh, two or three weeks ago, and we said the first thing that we need to love like Jesus is we need a better example. We need a better model uh, to follow. Because we will follow the example that we focus on. So we need a better example. Now, if you guys didn't get this, this has already been talked about. I'm not going to spend any time on it. You can either go to our website or Get a, get a CD or, or go to an app called Stitcher and you can get this. The second reason to way that we can be like Jesus is we need a better foundation. Because uh, here's the truth. Here's our foundation. Jesus loves me. If we can get a hold of that, that foundation, things are going to be a lot better at home when we're at home in Jesus' love. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Well, let's jump real quick to number three. I ain't going to keep y'all here long. I got it kind of a short sermon. I thought we had a baby dedication. So I shortened it up some, and baby dedication is next week. <laughs> so y'all get another short next week. <laughs> number three, I need a higher purpose. We're going to love like Jesus. We not only need a better example, we not only need a stronger foundation, but we need a higher purpose. Jesus said the reason that, that you're going to love each other is that your love for each other is proof to the world that you're his disciples. Are you loving each other? 
Are you loving other Christians? Are you loving other churches that think differently than you do? Are you proof to the world? Are you proof? This is, this is a higher purpose than, than even love itself because you get to, to show the world that you belong to him. By your love, by how you treat other followers of Christ, by how you treat other people, by how you treat, as an example, these children that are going to come here July 28th. You get to show the world. Proof. We get to show what he has, is like by loving other people. Since love, love has to have a purpose even higher than itself. I want you to think about something. Write this down. We're talking about parenting now. Parenting must have a purpose higher than itself. Since love has a purpose higher than itself, parenting has to have a purpose higher than itself. We're talking about love-powered parenting. I'm going to tell you something. See, I've read this in books and it's wrong. The purpose of, of parenting is not so that kids can be good parents so that their kids can be good parents and their kids can be good parents. So what's the purpose of, of parenting? What's the, what's the purpose beyond our families? I'm going to tell you what it is. The purpose is so that the world can see whose we are. Do you get it? The purpose is, is so that the world can see who we belong to. That's the whole purpose of parenting. Psalm 115.1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. I know that sounds kind of churchy, and I'm about to tell you something else that sounds kind of churchy, but the purpose is to bring glory to God. That's what our parenting is. We parent to bring glory to God. Well, what, is, what does glory mean, Jim? That's a churchy word. Glory means when you can see God for who he really is. When you can see him for who he, he really is. You see, God wants the world to see who he really is through your life. God wants the world to see who he really is through my life. Does the world, that's a question you got to answer yourself. Does the world see God through my life? That's what you got to answer. That's up to you. That ain't nothing I can do about that. That's you, between you and the Lord. Does, does, does your life glorify him? Would somebody want to shout, Glory, and when they see you in your daily walk. Glory! <laughs> and he wants to, folks to see him 
through your family. Through your family. Now, I want you to know, I know you're not perfect. We, we stumble. We stumble a lot, don't we? If you're a pinkard, you stumble a lot. You, you stumble a lot. But I also know that there's some that are trusting in his love. And they're sharing with the world. They're sharing. There's families that glorify God. There's people who see and who show what God is really like. Even through the stumbling. And even through the messing up. But one of the keys to having a strong family is to realize that not only does God want to work in, in, your, in, in you, but it also wants to work through your family. Through your family. To show the world what he's really like. One of the most familiar verses in the Bible is on the back side of your outline. Psalm 1, uh, I mean, uh, what did I say? Psalm 127.3, yeah. Children are a gift from the Lord. Now, depending on what kind of day you've had, that could be read a couple of ways. Children are a gift from the Lord. Children are a gift from the Lord. I was playing with that when I was reading it. But you know why I love this verse? I've told y'all before. I love being a dad. It's all I ever wanted to be was a dad. And I'm grateful that I'm a dad. I'm, I am grateful for the children that God has given me. But I'm going to tell you, there's been some discouraging moments. There's some discouraging moments. One of, the, one of the most discouraging times was when Sarah got married and moved out. I'm telling you, I wasn't one of these dads that wanted to push my kids. I, I don't want them living with me when they're 50. But I knew the time was coming. That's what we raised her for was to move out. But it was still some discouraging times for me when she moved out. And I had to grieve that. I had to grieve it. I'm going to tell you how important it is to grieve it. I'm doing all right with the thoughts of Luke moving out. No, I'm not. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is there may, you may be at a point in your life where you may need to grieve that. You ain't grieved it yet. But, but, but those were discouraging times because she was a gift from the Lord. I know God sent her to us. And I knew that I was supposed to, to release her. He had a place. He had a purpose for her life. And it was not to stay with me forever.
my parent, if I'm parenting the way God wants me to parent, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's about Him. You get it? What's even the purpose to have kids? You ever thought that? I can honestly say no because I've always wanted to be a dad. But, but I have had to answer this question before from folks. Why even, why even have kids? I think that parenting can be the ultimate discipleship experience. Did I word that right? I think it can be the ultimate discipleship experience. When you take a child from the very beginning and you begin to unfold what the Lord has created and encouraged and, 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 and I hate to say mold because we want to be careful not to make them into an image that we want them to be, but into an image that God has created them to be. But that we come alongside and serve God by encouraging our, our children to know Him and to love Him and to serve Him. That's what we do. And then to know their purpose for their lives. That's an incredible privilege that you and I have. The ultimate discipleship experience. The ultimate discipleship experience. Sometimes uh, working with... Uh, our children in Christ and to be developed can be very painful. Amen? Let me get an amen on that. It can be very painful. Let me read you First Samuel about Hannah. Hannah was in pain here. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. Now, we're going to have a baby dedication today, and I was wound up about it. What does it mean to be dedicated? I'm just going to have to talk about this next week. What does it mean to be dedicated? It's not about me. It's really not even about our kids. To dedicate our baby to the Lord. It's not even really about our, our parenting. It's about God. I don't want to sound like a preacher, but it's about God. God gives us these children as gifts. Gifts. And then like Hannah is doing here, we give them back. We give them back. 
just like these baby dedication ceremonies, we give them back. We want our children to live for God's purposes. There is a purpose in my parenting, in your parenting. That's to help them know, help, and serve the Lord. I was flipping through uh, Facebook, actually looking for somebody. Yesterday I was, what they call stalking. I was looking to see, put a face to a name that I heard. And somehow I ran up on a video. Glandon Hamby was performing a wedding. He spoke so eloquently about knowing and loving the Lord. And I thought, what a job Alan and Lori did in teaching him to know, to love, and to serve the Lord. To know and to love and to serve the Lord. You see, we're going on 21 years now. I'm seeing your kids grow up and how they're serving the Lord. I'm seeing my kids grow up. I want to tell you, parents, you're doing all right. Your kids are serving the Lord. They've gotten to know Him. There's a fourth thing that Jesus taught us a new commandment. He said to love each other. But right there with it, he tells us something else. How are we going to love each other? Number four, I need a greater power. I need a greater power. If I'm going to truly love like Jesus does, I need a greater power. We've all heard this kind of talk before. We just got to love like Jesus does. And that's easy to say. But we can't do it within our own power. We need a greater power in our homes. Because we, know, we also know it can be discouraging on, 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 on many levels. Because some of you might be saying, and I've been there, loving like Jesus, one of my biggest battles is just getting mine out of the house. Get, getting them off to school. Getting them off to wherever on time. That, that's my biggest problem, just getting them out the door. And now you're telling me, Jim, to love like Jesus? I'd love like Jesus if I could just get them to school. If I could just get them to take a trash out. And now you're telling me that our home is supposed to be like this holy, holy sanctuary. Loving like Jesus. So that's going to be our home. We're going to have a holy sanctuary over in Manning Mills. I just don't see it happening. I've wasted my time coming today. I want to tell you something. God ain't looking for you and me to be some fake and phony 1950s family. 
That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real love in real families who make real mistakes but who have real hope because of God's real love and because God's real person. How does that make it way into your home? How does it make it there? How do I get to that that reality, this Jesus' love, this just genuine love? Because his love and genuine love is the reality of what we need in our lives. I'll tell you how it works for me. I know some of you guys don't believe in apologizing to your children. Well, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. So when you yell at your kids in the morning, maybe apologize to them that evening for acting out of anger. I'm going to tell you, that teaches them more about forgiveness than a whole seminary class. If you can ask for forgiveness. Maybe you ought to decide to give up a weekly activity every once in a while, like golf or, or fishing or or shopping, or antiquing, or reading, and help a neighbor out. Help a friend out in need. That'll show them more than six months worth of Sunday school classes. Or you know what? Just hold a baby in front of them and show them how you give that baby security and how you hold that child close. That'll teach you more about how secure you are than several Bible classes. How do you get there? You need greater love for a greater purpose. Because if you're like me, you struggle being selfish sometimes. I'll admit, Saturdays, I just want to read. I just want to read. I want to I sometimes lay back and, 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 and veg out on TV. Or, I, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to do nothing. Selfish. But I have to go back to his love. Because it's his love where we will find the power to live in the promise of his love. We got to go back to that. And one of the greatest examples of love is 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. He loved us first. He loved me back when I was, the world called me unlovable. He loved me before I began to love him. And that's real love. So we got to start with this, this love. So we got to remember that. That's a good verse to, to memorize. So not on your own, you look to his power. How, how do we do that? 
we got to learn more about his, his love for us. This, in turn, will get the power that we need. That's why I said the statement earlier, it's important that we teach the Word on Sunday mornings. It's important that the Word be spoken. It's important that the Word be memorized. The Word gives life. The Word gives power. I'm a proud dad. My kids now are Luke's 22 and Sarah's 26. And both are serving Christ in different ways. You see them here and, and they're serving. You see them in the community and they're serving the Lord. I don't want you to look at me and say that I'm responsible for all that. I watched them folks slide off that slide last week. Luke used to do that with the youth group. You see, Luke came into North Point when he was one and a half years old. So he's gone from the nursery to the children's church, kicked out of several youth groups, Awana, there's been many of you have helped me raise Luke and Sarah in the name of Jesus Christ. There's been many of you that have taught Sarah to memorize Scripture in Awana. There have been many of you that took your vacations to go to youth camp with them. Lots of you. I didn't do it alone. As a matter of fact, just as a we'll do this as a selfish way. No, if you've ever worked with our children, Jesus Christ, a church at North Point for Jesus Christ, I'd love for you to stand up. If you've ever worked with our children in the last 21 years, if you've ever worked with our children, I love you. I love you. You made an impact on my children. You're making an impact on the future generations. And it didn't take a whole lot of your time. You're making an impact on the world. Whether you changed his diaper. whether you corrected my daughter you did good and you made a difference in their life you made a difference in the children in this town and it just might have been you that helped make a difference in Landon Hamby who's now spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ You see these folks standing up. If you don't know, they partnered with us. We're all together to show the promise and the power of God's love in our kids.
And so thank you, God. You're making a difference. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. He gives me strength. You're thinking, Jim, I know that God can do all things. But the reality is I got a messed up family. I got a messed up family. Read the Bible. God's word, it'll tell you that God works through messed up families. Remember, we just talked about this several months ago. God even reduced it down to one good family. Noah's. And Noah was messed up. After the cruise, he got uh, naked and drunk. He was messed up and cursed his kid. I know you don't hear that in Sunday school, but that's exactly what happened. Even the very best family was messed up. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me feel good. <laughs> Even the best was a mess. So if you're going around and you're thinking you're the best family, you're a mess. Just call yourself the Noah family. Noah. I expect to see you any day, naked and drunk, laying on the road. God wants to work in your family. God wants to work in your family. Jacob and Esau, they were born fighting. They were born fighting. They were a messed up family. But through that, God brought the lineage of Jesus Christ. I, I, had, an, I had another one through there. But we're all... I forgot what it was. We're all messed up. Amen? So don't use that as an excuse. God works through messed up families who can make a difference in his love. In his love. Because in his love you have hope. Without it you got nothing. You got nothing. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm, I'm wrapping up pretty quick. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. This is read at a lot of weddings, but I believe it ought to be read in delivery rooms. As a matter of fact, I want to read you a little. I heard Nick poem. I heard how he read y'all a little rap after the service the other day, and I said, I got to step up my game. I can do more than look good, I can tell you that. <laughs> I want to read you this, this paraphrase, sort of, of 1 Corinthians 13, but about parenting. If I speak to my children with the patience of a saint 
and the wisdom of a prophet, but yet have not love. I'm only a loud set of drums. If I read all the best parenting books, but have not love, it means nothing. If I've sacrificed my financial future for my children, but have not love, I give them nothing at all. On the other hand, if I say the wrong thing at the wrong time to my child out of my tiredness, yet still have love, God is working through me as a parent. When all I see in my life is a lack of gifts and a lack of knowledge, and yet I still have love, God is working through me as a parent. On those days when I feel like I got nothing left to give, and yet I still have love. God is working through me as a parent. Amen. It's about love. Let's pray. My Lord, thank you. It's about love. It's about love which glorifies you so that the world will see you through us. Give us opportunities to love. Give us opportunities to love the downtrodden. Give us the opportunity to love the wealthy. Give us the opportunity to love our Christian brothers and sisters that go to another church. Give us the opportunity to love the people in Iran. Give us an opportunity to love the people in Lebanon. Give us the opportunity to love, yes, even the people in Kingston. Give us that opportunity, and we'll love. But Lord, let us love our families. Let us be careful with our words that build up our children and not tear them down. We love you, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.